I sincerely hope you've all been, you've all enjoyed being on this journey with me and listening in from time to time, no matter where you are in the world. I've had a great time producing this show and I hope it was worth it in the end. And today we're going to be discussing this disability perception, disability treatment over the years. Basically we're going to be covering everything we've covered so far on the show in one massive summary and one massive roundup. And to do that I have a very special friend to help me with this. She's actually my close friend ever and she's supported me from day one since we met like two years ago. But first of all, I'll be discussing some of my own issues, some of my own thoughts on disability. Well, especially with what's been going on around a lot especially with the COVID-19 virus. I feel that a cure could definitely benefit a lot of people. Now, I understand what what you're probably thinking, well, aren't we supposed to be proud of our disability? Well, you can, there's no reason it's not. In fact, I encourage it. However, I do know that there are a ton of people out there who probably want a cure because they probably don't have the exact same career-making experience as some of the cool online creators that I'll be mentioning at the end of this show, at the end of this episode, and I know there are millions of people out there who probably don't have that experience, and especially with what we've been going through, the unexpected turmoil of, especially the way this decade started, we live in an an uncertain time. And this has, this is definitely one of the most difficult experiences for the disability community. And I've, to say, I've not been excluded from that. And especially, insurance costs money, and services that help many of these people also cost a ton of money that comes out of tax base and you don't know how long your insurance company is going to last, you don't know how long the government is ensuring your rights and livelihood is going to last, the government has been supporting you. As we've seen time and again, well, like for example, I'm pretty sure that prior to 1914, I'm pretty sure the great powers of Europe, Germany, Austria and Austria-Hungary and Although they probably thought that they were going to last forever, that they were going to were going to live in a world, continue to live in a world dominated by empire, as this was, they did not expect July 1914, and just like how we didn't expect the COVID-19 pandemic they're all going through right now, and I feel that a cure could benefit a lot of people for many many years to come, especially as 
governments come and go as they are likely do so as history has taught us. Like we've even seen that examples of that this in this century, like with the overthrow of Libya and the Arab Spring and you know the the dissolution of the union between Serbia and Montenegro. We probably gonna continue to see that for a long, long time. And people with disabilities are probably gonna be one of the first and foremost affected groups as they don't have a lot of them don't have the capabilities to speak up for themselves and a lot of them probably don't have access to the platform that you and I have access to. So I do believe hopefully that even if you don't want it, a cure to many disabilities real that cause long-term effects like cerebral palsy, autism, dyspraxia, dyslexia, all those conditions will hopefully have, if not a cure, I hope a cure, but if not a cure, and uh, access or uh, access or <laughs> sorry, greater treatments than what we're experiencing prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. That's what I'm hoping for because even though yes, disability is definitely you know, members of the disability community have done some incredible things over the years. I'll admit, only many of us who are incredible. That doesn't mean that our descendants have to go through living with a disability and not having anyone there to support them. They can't support themselves and especially if it doesn't have to be around because a disability doesn't make you you're sure it's part of the identity of many people but it's not what makes them their personhood that makes them their life their attitude their sensitive humor the culture of them and their families and their countries that's what makes them not their disability and so if it doesn't have to be around one day that's not make it exist anymore and I'm just saying this to all those of you who are probably not thinking this or as you are thinking of this and if you are great that's brilliant but as we continue to live through this uncertain time for the disability community and everyone learn from it and in our and grow in our mission to support each other and support the rights and lives of people with disabilities thank you and without further ado i'll bring you along to denying and here's denying now just so you know deny recorded her answer to my interview questions in mp3 recordings so yeah it's not going to be a straight question to answer interview it's just going to be her answering the questions so i hope you're okay with that without further ado here's denying hi josh thanks for having me on the podcast i'm super happy to be here um 
As much as I love to involve student council in my answer, and we certainly are planning events and awareness campaigns for the future, I think to answer this question is very important to mention that change can be inspired anywhere and can be sparked by anyone. Take you, for example, creating your JD Dragon Tours and even this podcast from scratch. This is not necessarily to say that you didn't have any help, like I know that you had other teachers help you, but you took matters into your own hands and decided to pursue a cause close to you. I just have to stress the point that a title such as student council, although often logistically beneficial when trying to organize things within the school or the community, they're not essential. Anyone can and should always push themselves to contribute something bigger than themselves. Just like you're doing right now. That's why I'm super happy to be here and that's why I'm so proud of you. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about student council, uh, we had a couple ideas in mind and I would love for you to hear them and I'd love to hear your response. Firstly, we don't want to discriminate in any way. So when we plan events, we cater them to the entire school. We don't want it... We don't want to make a point of singling out anyone with a physical or mental disability. So our goal is to treat an individual with a disability just as they should be treated, like absolutely anyone else. We make it a point not to advertise specifically to that demographic, simply because we don't want to create tension or unwanted attention from others. Unless, of course, a member of the community, such as you, comes up to us and asks for some sort of a thing of that kind, like an awareness campaign that you actively want to participate in or associate yourself with in front of the members of the school. We also encourage the idea of awareness days in many events for all the students and staff to educate them and provide more sense of community within the school. As you know, unfortunately, due to the current circumstances, any public events that were likely to take place at the school are cancelled. So we're hoping to introduce virtual awareness events available to everyone, not just the raw enough population soon. We at Student Council are always appreciative of suggestions and feedback. So uh, we always love your feedback. We know you're an avid member. Um, but to all your viewers and your listeners out there, please feel free to email us at student-council at isbasel.ch. We'd love to hear from you guys. Question number two. Um, as mentioned before, I see no reason to treat anyone differently than you would any other friend, given they are comfortable with that dynamic between you two. I do think it's important to ask some questions, not necessarily to pry or to make anyone uncomfortable, but to establish what kind of relationship you have with this person or ask openly if you have any concerns about how to act around them. Like when I first met you, I had never met someone with cerebral palsy, so obviously I was interested. <laughs> it was, uh, you're super open and super kind to me, and you explained whatever I needed to know, but I realized there's no reason to approach you any differently than I would one of my other friends, so that's why we're so close now. And I was confident enough to ask those questions without trying to be rude or without trying to pry into your life, and you were kind enough to answer them. So it's important to have sort of an open open dynamic and I yeah I mean that's pretty much that with how I act around people um, of course you must take everything I say with a grain of salt because I myself cannot speak for a member of the community but I've become really good friends with you and this has always kind of been my approach so I guess I must be doing something right um, people should never be shamed for this their disability that's just 
period. They shouldn't. That's also not to say they're ashamed for wanting a cure for it, that there's a fine line. Ultimately, disability doesn't define you. Um, I say, and many people say, you are your own person and you should be defined by your actions, your principles, and so on. The things you do in your life, the things you accomplish, what you strive towards, just like how I define you, Josh, as this motivated individual who's created so many things and is so much fun, such a lively person. That said, your disability may well have played a big part in your life and it would be wrong to completely dismiss it. Sometimes it's important to acknowledge the part it's played. The best advice I can give, I think, from personal experience, and it doesn't necessarily relate to disability, but to one's attitude towards life in general, so to absolutely anyone, is try to be proud and don't be afraid to be proud. It's not easy to gain confidence when you are self-conscious about your appearance, your abilities, and others' perceptions of you. I, I get that, I really do. But it's truly an attribute with learning over time. Believe in yourself and take some time in your day to appreciate how complex you are. Because there's no one just like you and that's truly incredible. I don't think people give that enough credit. Of course, I understand the want for a cure. It's completely reasonable. What is completely unreasonable is not giving yourself the value you should simply because you're different from everyone else. Question three. <clears throat> Um, this is an interesting question for me because I guess I've never really thought about the nitty-gritty definition itself and since I'm very privileged and I've never had to face any sort of issues such as these. So I guess from my perspective, disability encompasses an individual who is either born with or at some point develops a physical or mental disadvantage when compared to the average human. I really don't see it as any more than that, just a disadvantage. Just like I said before, it doesn't define the person. It if its effects may be significant and it may be part of their identity, but ultimately that person is that person because of their character, their soul, whatever they like to do, not their disability. I know that history has provided the term disabled with uh, several negative connotations, but I don't think it's a matter of linguistics or the definition, but rather one of ignorance and education. You probably think this too. The word itself simply states the broad overarching state, which obviously differs from person to person. Discrimination stems from fear of the unknown and fear of the different. So it's funny to think, you know, in a time where the world is becoming significantly more open and accepting of all ways of life, like in all kinds of different paths of life, I see absolutely no reason that the disabled community should be held to any different standard than everyone else. I mean, there's still a long way to go. I don't expect things to change from one day to the next. And there will always be trolls and bullies who hide behind their negative comments simply because, you know, they're insecure, they have their own issues. But I really want to stress that it's important to focus on the big picture and remember all of those who support you and acknowledge your progress because that's huge and you really should just crack open a book sometime and see the steps everyone's made or just even acknowledge like the little things in life. You got to celebrate all those little things. So give yourself credit where credit's due. And I think for you, Josh, this is uh, certainly an opportunity where you should definitely celebrate your podcast. 
Question four. <laughs> I people ask me this quite a lot, or I've been asked that in the past couple years, and I've never really developed a great answer for it. But I guess I can I can sort of come up with something here. Um, I've always been fascinated by language, and this is truly a language like no other because you know it's it's not spoken. Uh, it's all signed with your hands or your face and your whole body. It's a really sort of emotive, expressive, active language. Um, I guess it started when I was little and I met a family friend with this really, really cute, like adorable little boy who had had a tracheostomy, which if you don't know, is a procedure where you put a tube down your throat so you can breathe. So this little boy was a- unable to speak. Um... I spent hours with him. I remember playing with him on a trampoline in my cousin's garden at some sort of a barbecue. And I was really intrigued as to how he communicated with his parents because it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Like, of course, I'd seen people sign on TV and stuff like in the news, but this was real life and I got to see it right in front of me. And I thought it was so cool. And I thought it was, I just wanted to learn how to communicate with him because obviously I could speak to him and he could sign some things back to me, but I wanted to know exactly what he meant and not have his parents translate for me all the time. And this was long ago, by the way, but it's, I think it's always like kind of stuck with me. Um, so since then, I've been eager to learn. I was able to communicate. I want to be able to communicate with as many people as I can. And the special thing about sign is... Um, sign language so although it's not completely universal as many people don't know actually it's quite similar from country to country different regions and you can communicate with people like i've learned american sign language asl but i can go up to someone here in switzerland who's deaf or who knows sign and still sign and they'll still be able to understand to a certain extent like there are small details that are different but the overall gist of it is really well communicated. And I think that's really, really cool. It's not like learning a whole new language that takes you forever and you get the pronunciation right. And it's, it's more of a difficult process. It is really more active and more intense and hands-on. Um, and I actually have a little story of where I put my American Sign Language to use when I was visiting a foreign country. <laughs> It, um, it really touched my heart. It was, it was a special moment for me. Uh, so I was traveling in Tanzania on a school trip, like a school service trip uh, last year in October. And we visited this beautiful estate turned into a hotel and a workshop in Arusha. Uh, it's called Shanga, S-H-A-N-G-A. The workshop was manned completely by local people with disabilities, which I found so cool. I've never seen anything like it. But it was like, it was truly beautiful, super open. You could hear the birds and the sun was shining and it was colorful. Um, so most of these people who had disabilities were deaf. Of course, there were others, but the majority, I think it was like 80% of them uh, were deaf. And they spent their time in this beautiful, like colorful, bright workshop making these pieces of art and decorations out of recycled materials which also, as Josh may know, you is a passion of mine because I'm super into environmental causes and I think making art and stuff out of recycled materials is not only like really good for the environment, but it's also just a really interesting way to uh, profit out of some, like something when you don't have a lot of materials. And you should have seen the art they made. It was like really incredible. It was, uh, it was really unique. 
each piece was different. Uh, their specialty, actually, were pieces of jewellery made of shanga, or glass beads, hence the name. Um, so we were introduced to the workers, and I was extremely excited that I could communicate with them individually using sign language. I wasn't expecting it. I uh, think I only heard about um, our visit to this place on the day of or the day before, so it completely like, hit me out of the blue, but I remembered, and I was so ready and stuff, and... Although my skills were relatively basic and I had not previously had full conversations, so to speak, in sign, it wasn't like, obviously it wasn't perfect, but it was truly a moment that touched my heart, especially when I saw one of the workers' faces light up when she saw me sign to her because these people, they're so kind, they're so sweet, and they're used to people coming and visiting and looking at what they're doing, and they love doing that, but they always have to have someone uh, translate for them, so like a type of tour guide sort of communicating signing to the workers and then speaking back to us in English. So when I stepped up there and I waved at her and then I started introducing myself in sign, she had this huge smile on her face and it really, really made me happy. And then she let the friend next to her know. And next thing I know, I'm like, I'm uh, trying to keep up with the sign with like five different people in this workshop who who were just like ecstatic and really excited to show me what they're doing and stuff. And obviously that was an incredible experience. I really, really had a good time then. Uh, I <laughs> I actually left the workshop with a little elephant, like a you know like a stuffed elephant made out of recycled fabrics, to remind me of my experience there because I really really enjoyed it and I I wanted to have some sort of like a keepsake and I wanted to be able to support the organization because I, they're really for a good cause and I suggest you support them too if you can, um, and it still brings me joy every time I see it so it was definitely a good investment. Uh, I also remember the motto of the organization, which is really special. It was actually written on one of the walls of the place as a mural. And I remember taking some photos next to it. It's really, really beautiful. It says, um, kindness is a language blind people see and deaf people hear. And I just thought it was really touching. And I I like that message. And especially to see it somewhere, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it. So... So yeah, I guess that's my experience with sign language. And I would strongly encourage all of you to learn a little bit at least, like, hello, my name is the blah, 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 where are you from? It's really easy, really quick to learn, like grammar is not hard at all and stuff. So strongly suggest that. Oh, and I strongly suggest you visit Shanga if you're ever in Tanzania, because it's truly, truly worth it. Or go and visit their website, just type in Shanga. It should be the top one. But yeah, that's, that's my experience with sign. And question number five, last one. <laughs> there are so many things that I really enjoy. I like this question actually because um, there's a lot to say here and I'm, I'm probably not going to address all of it because there's no time. But uh, there's no one answer to that. If I remember correctly, I met you at the personal project exhibition two years ago where you were presenting your project about cerebral palsy at a booth outside the library. And this was the first time I was really introduced to someone with cerebral palsy. And you had this super like elaborate presentation up. I remember watching a video of you explaining your life and explaining your condition. And I thought it was super interesting. And honestly, from then on, I can't really remember how our friendship happened, but I guess we've been friends since then. Uh, we're both in choir, we have other shared friends, so it might have been through that. 
so <laughs> who knows really um but anyway as you know i think you're incredibly special and you're truly one of the most motivated people i've ever met and that's that's a lot to say because i know a bunch of people but i no one can really keep up with the pace of stuff that you do it's it's really fun and really incredible how you come up with all these different projects and stuff and you just really get into it you get going um i love when someone decides to take on a project and doesn't wait to be handheld by other people it's it's special like i know a lot of people who are creative and who want to do certain things but they always they just lack that little spark there and that's something you have which is really rare sometimes and you should be super proud of that so i mean all those things aside you're creative and incredibly intelligent you're really really smart like you know a bunch about history and stuff and history i'll say for sure is not my strong suit so i remember you telling me about your family line and telling me about all the different things you're into and it's you can have a really like fun conversation with you because you have so much to say and uh you're kind of an entrepreneur with all the things you've done you know with the dragon tours with this podcast and i mean you're simply really easy to talk to so you're always friendly you always manage to put a smile on my face even on not so good days and that means a lot so i'm very happy about that and i want you to know um that i'm super proud of you like keep it up absolutely and i really want to thank you for letting me part of this episode in your podcast i've listened to your other episodes and you know i've been there with you since you started it and look at the progress you've made so yeah keep it up and thank you for everything josh German 
Oh, and I've also every single MUN or Human Rights Conference mock conference I'd say I've ever been at, I've always had to represent either Germany itself or a German-speaking country. So yeah, that's kind of my specialty. Okay, but also, if you really want the show to continue, I the dis- topics to me. Email them at jdragontp at gmail.com if you, That's if you really want the show to continue. Otherwise, this will be the final episode. Thank you for joining me again. And well, thank you from the very bottom of my heart for joining me. It's been a wonderful ride. Love you, girls and guys. See ya. Oh, but before I go, I have four content creators listed here. If you really are interested in disability, other disability topics, so if you like the work I do, might like these guys. These are four YouTube channels. So the first one is Special Books by Special Kids, and they're a YouTube channel who provide inclusion and diversity through education about many disabilities, and their education, and their content is edu- is both educational and fun. And it's video stories told by people with disabilities. The next one is the Social DID, a YouTuber who teaches about dissociative identity disorder, or DID, or otherwise called it, which is a psychological condition. It does many makeup and creative and emotional videos. Zach Anna is another one you probably heard of him. He has a book called If I think the book was called. Never mind about what the book is called. Um, and, but he is a YouTuber who does a series of videos called Workout Wednesday. A series called Workout Wednesdays, and he's from Austin, Texas. He's also been on the Oprah Winfrey show. He's also been on Oprah. And he's If you, if at birth you don't succeed, yes, that's the name of Zach Anna's book. You can read that on any device can that has iBooks on it. And also, next up we have Josh Sundquist, and he's a comedian, YouTuber, and Paralympian that has stand-up comedy content, motivational speeches, and other important things, as well as Rebecca Gilliam, who's a blogger from Devon, who has autism and promotes diversity and awareness through lifestyle, health, and dis- other disability community blogs. So check those out. If you really like my work, I suggest you do so. And well, see you guys. And there are actually other t- two more content creators you should check out. One is Chris Koch. He's from Alberta, Canada, and he has an organization called if I can't, which is the case, he travels around the world on a skateboard using the arms and his legs. 
degrees elevation B. Which in elevation speeches here one is Moiberg he appeared on the Matthew Centauri is Moiberg and he appeared on the Matthew Centauri podcast for those of you who listened to that and she blind and she teased about the fluidity of the record tutorials and music and if you like these are just two more from the creator